Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. A number of topics are in this week's Beast Watch News. New Messianic appeals from Breaking Israel News, embassy moves, and even discussion about a message in the names of some recent Israeli terror victims. I will also explain at length the New World Order's plan and role in current events, too. This will be a longer report than usual with a lot of information. I hope you will listen to the end. You may need to listen repeatedly because in this report you will hear the week's important war news and get an understanding of the occult manipulations being perpetrated on you by the New World Order elites. This information is not meant to scare but empower you and be an impetus for you to get out of their system, their net and trap and run into the arms of Yeshua. But first, Hezbollah, which has been on Israel's plate this week. The Israelis flew over the Hezbollah-Israel border on December 17th. Debka said the flights passed over northern and central Lebanon, although in the past Israeli jets stayed close to the south. The Russians are conducting an air and sea exercise opposite Syria's west coast, for which the eastern Mediterranean was placed off limits. Although the Israeli aircraft stayed clear of this closed area, the distances were small enough to indicate that the IDF must have cleared the flight paths with headquarters at the Russian air base near Latakia. This means that Israeli-Russian Air Force liaison suspended after the downing of a Russian IL-20 may be up and running again. Just five days ago, a senior Israeli military delegation led by Major General Avraham Haliva, head of the IDF operations Directorate spent 24 hours in Moscow in talks with high-ranking Russian officers at the Defense Ministry and General Command. The Russians said the IDF delegation had briefed them on Israelis' operation against Hezbollah tunnels and discussed coordination with the Russian command in Syria. No statement came from Israel on the visit. However, the renewed Israeli flights over Lebanon indicates that some measure of understanding was reached. Two weeks ago, the IDF initiated Operation Northern Shield to counter Hezbollah tunnels that crossed into Israel. To date, four tunnels have been discovered. The tunnel threat is becoming an international issue. The United Nations Interim Force in Lebanon, UNIFIL, charged with monitoring the border between Israel and Lebanon, acknowledged on Monday the existence of four tunnels, with two penetrating into Israel. UNIFIL further acknowledged that these tunnels violate UN Security Council Resolution 1701, saying that they are a matter of serious concern. UNIFIL contacted the Lebanese government, requesting they ensure urgent follow-up actions in accordance with their responsibilities. 
Lebanese Prime Minister Saad Hariri met with UNIFIL Commander Major General Stefano Del Cole on Monday, assuring him that his country would do anything necessary to fulfill its obligations regarding Resolution 1701. He also accused Israel of routinely violating the resolution by violating Lebanese airspace and territorial waters. The IAF's freedom to fly over all parts of Lebanon is now an active component of the IDF's capacity to deal with Hezbollah in the event of a flare-up of hostilities in the course of Operation Northern Shield against its cross-border tunnels. With the prospects fast diminishing of UNIFIL or the Lebanese army undertaking to blow up seal the tunnels at the Lebanese end, one of the IDF's options may be to bomb them from the air. Syria and Hezbollah are acting to spike this option with propaganda. Syrian sources have reported that Moscow warned Israel, including the visiting generals, that Russian officers have been stationed at Syria missile batteries and air bases and if they should come to harm, the Russians would hit back. Another tale asserts that Russian flags have been hoisted over Hezbollah bases in Syria. So I want to stop here and take another little news trail. Perhaps Russia is turning away from Israel's flights over Lebanon, but let's not get excited yet. There is something going on here that you may not yet understand, but which really needs to be understood in light of Bible prophecy and of what I will tell you later about the New World Order. Russia is playing a game with the U.S., and Israel is the prize. In the news recently were some articles about the connection of Russian President Putin to the Jewish Kabad organization. There is more to Russia's overtures and scoldings followed by more overtures to Israel than Putin's connection to Kabad because of Russia's Jewish population and the fact that Putin had a Jewish teacher from Germany in his childhood. Putin is playing with the U.S. and he is using Israel to do it. Why? Israel has been supported, funded, and armed by the U.S. and Europeans since before 1948. After 1948, the U.S. and Europe used Israel to protect their oil interests in the Middle East, starting with the 1956 Suez Canal takeover by Egyptian President Nasser, and many times in many situations since. The Israeli Mossad and CIA work together, sometimes so closely it is difficult to discern that they are even separate agencies in different countries. Israel would be just the icing on Putin's cake, the feather in his cap, the light on his candle, if he could persuade Israel to shun the West and join him in becoming Russia's protector of interests in the Middle East. Thus, Putin plays fast and loose with Israel. First, he issues stern warnings. Then he looks the other way when Israel steps over the line. This is because Putin has to keep Iran happy too. He has to be stern with Israel 
for Iran's sake, but he wants Israel as an ally too. So he must give his room to defy his warnings. A game is being played, and it's a game that will come to an end when Putin and Iran decide Israel will never leave the West. One of Putin's maneuvers of late is to pick up relations with Hamas, probably in the hope of making Israel jealous or perhaps just to follow in Iran's steps and stir the war pot between Hamas and Israel. No doubt this is designed to be an overt threat to Israel. And here's how it is working out so far. Russia invited Hamas leader Ismail Hanaya to visit Moscow later this month. Objections were raised with ambassadors in Israel's embassies in Moscow and in Tel Aviv. But Russian officials rejected Israel's complaints, noting that Israel has itself been talking to Hamas, albeit indirectly. Israeli Ambassador to Russia Gary Corrin stated that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu would also like to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Lavrov only nodded but did not comment. Now, back to Hezbollah and those tunnels. More tunnels from Lebanon into Israel have been discovered this week, and Hezbollah has quietly retreated from the tunnels. It was reported in Debka on Wednesday. Debka further said it is too soon to determine what exactly the Lebanese group is up to as regards its next steps, except that the move came a day after the the IDF uncovered a fourth cross-border tunnel. Hezbollah also silenced its military communications network in South Lebanon and stopped relaying instructions to its command centers and field troops. One theory to account for Hezbollah's abrupt distancing of its South Lebanese units from contact with the IDF is that it is part of a strategy for fending off a U.S. condemnation resolution at the U.N. Security Council on Wednesday, December 19th. Another is that the IDF will soon finish uncovering the rest of the Hezbollah tunnels and when that happens, a clash of arms may be expected. Hezbollah is preparing for that moment by aligning its military at arm's length from the IDF. We have been hearing rumors of wars and have even seen some of those wars turn into actual wars in the first decades of the 21st century. There are more rumors coming. Now, Russia's game with Israel may be just about over. Iran, Russia, and Turkey are a growing threat to Israel as Israel prepares for a strategy meeting with Cyprus and Greece on December 20th. This J-Post article has several very interesting points to make. First is the threat that Hezbollah poses to Israel's border. Iran's Shiite corridor that runs all the way across the Middle East through the territory of the 4 plus 1 coalition plus its air and naval bases in the region is a supply line for military that Israel cannot stop once the U.S. pulls out of Syria. Russia's strength in the Middle East and Mediterranean are growing at a fast pace. And then there's Turkey. Turkey, 
with its desire to recreate the Ottoman Empire and expansion plans have built a strong state with a long Mediterranean coast. Turkey's military has invaded parts of Syria and Iraq and it has had a long territorial dispute with Greece in the Aegean. Since 1974, Turkey has occupied the northern part of Cyprus, a strategic location in the eastern Mediterranean. Turkey's behavior is also motivated by Islamist instincts. It has supported the radical Islamic Hamas government in Gaza and nourished good relations with jihadist elements in Syria. Syria and Libya, both Mediterranean countries. Turkey is bolstering its naval capabilities and has even threatened to send its navy to accompany ships that attempt to break the Israeli naval blockade around Gaza. Ankara's Islamist preferences clearly put it at loggerheads with Jerusalem. The importance of the Eastern Mediterranean in international affairs has grown due to the discovery of large underwater natural gas fields with more likely to be yet discovered. These gas riches are coveted as allies Syria and Hezbollah as well as by Turkey and Russia. The eastern Mediterranean has always been important to Israel because over 90% of Israel's foreign trade traverses this area. The gas fields discovered and now being mined in Israel's Mediterranean economic waters have magnified the importance of the Mediterranean arena. The gas is expected to make a significant contribution to the well-being of Israel by providing cheap and clean energy and by transforming Israel into an energy exporting country. However, Israel's gas riches are under threat. Hamas and Hezbollah are investing in their naval forces. Hamas already has fired missiles against an Israeli-operated gas rig, and Hezbollah has threatened to do so. Russian and Turkish navies might yet adopt more adventurous postures, too. There may soon be an Iranian naval presence commensurate with Tehran's hegemonic ambitions. Now you may be thinking, like most people do, that it will be Russia, Iran, Turkey, you know, that whole four plus one coalition who will be the Gog force that attacks Israel to get to the gas and oil. I believe this is not the case. Europe, headed by Germany and allied with the United States, is, I believe, Gog. I've listed the reasons for this many times, so I won't repeat those here. The British royalty, who, by the way, are Germans, are very close to the United States, who now has an ethnically sitting German president. We know that Gog is in Germany, not Russia, just by doing Google searches of surnames. Not to mention that the ancient historians tell us that Gog moved north into Europe, not Russia. 9-11 was the start of a U.S. hegemony push in the Middle East to keep control of the oil for the West. Obama 
continued this push by starting the war in Syria. He also instigated the war between Ukraine and Russia. What is it that Syria and Ukraine have that everyone wants? Oil? Gas? No. Everyone wants the supply lines. He who controls the supply lines controls the energy of the entire planet. Russia, Iran, and Turkey are a threat to the oil and gas supply of Israel. Gog's job will be to try to protect Israel when a move is made to take that from Israel. Gog will be in Israel for the spoil, the oil and gas. Remember, that is what Yahweh accuses Gog of, that Gog doesn't really have Israel's interests at heart, but is after the spoil. Another part of that spoil will be a possible attempt at replacing Judah with Reuben as the firstborn of Israel. I've explained this elsewhere too. I have considered that Gog will take NATO forces into Israel to protect them against Russia, Iran, and Turkey. In Ezekiel 38.7, where the wording in the King James Version is for Gog to guard them. This would be followed quickly by an attack from Iran where the Shiites could kill two birds with one stone. First, they could get control of Israel's oil and gas, but they will also have opportunity to kill both houses of Jacob. Another scenario could play out as well. Ezekiel 38 indicates that Gog and the Persians, that's Iran, enter Israel together. I believe Gog and Iran are two different military forces and that they may enter Israel together in a spillover battle over resources, one before the other, in quick succession to fight over the gas and oil and for the Iranians to complete what Daniel 11 verses 40 to 45 say about the king of the north. To win the next world war, Russia and Iran have to cut the west off from fossil fuels which will happen when Iran continues Jordan into Saudi Arabia, where Iran will take back the Sunni Caliphate, making it into a Shiite Caliphate, and takes the Saudi oil fields. Now here is the rest of the J-Post article. Thus, Israel has one more strategic flank to protect. Unfortunately, the naval component in the Israeli military has not been sufficiently prioritized. Israel needs a bigger and stronger navy. The rationale for a larger Israeli naval force is even more compelling given the enormous missile threat aimed at Israel, making Israel's airfields and strategic ground assets ever more vulnerable. Israel's military deficit in the eastern Mediterranean is striking in light of its diplomatic success. It becomes a close partner in an eastern Mediterranean alignment that consists of Greece and Cyprus. Egypt is indirectly also a member, although it prefers to interact separately with Israel. 
The four countries share similar concerns about Turkish foreign policy directions and have similar energy interests. Cooperation in Washington on eastern Mediterranean issues is also important. Indeed, the U.S. is mulling the option of joint military exercises with Israel and Greece. War is coming. I believe the Gog and King of the North Wars are not far off and neither is Yeshua our Messiah. I've been reporting about the Sanhedrin's altar and the crown they want to build for the Messiah. I just got this advertisement from a Jewish organization whose name I won't mention because I don't want to entice anyone to go and participate in what is being asked. Here's the ad. Unite the 70 nations of the world. Create a crown gift for the Messiah. With the founding of the state of Israel 70 years ago, many believe that the redemption is imminent. Rabbi Yosef Berger, the rabbi of King David's tomb on Mount Zion, and the unnamed organization have initiated a special project to create a golden crown to be presented to the Messiah King as a gift upon his arrival in Jerusalem. Though this will not be the crown that the Messiah wears, it is a symbol of the imminent return of the Davidic dynasty. Several people have said that they think the covenant with the many is not a peace treaty at all, but has to do with this new Jewish push to unite the 70 nations. I think they are right, although the possibility of a two-state solution being forced on the Jews is still conceivable. The fact that the Jewish elite have devised this scheme to unite the 70 nations under Judaism or Noahidism is no coincidence. And now they are asking Nikki Haley, the former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, to be the honorary president of the Organization of Seventy Nations. No one figured out exactly why Nikki Haley quit the U.N. Ambassadorship. This Times of Israel article came up with four reasons why this happened. Despite their guesses, mine is that the Trump administration is in collusion with Israel's plan to counter Shiite Islam's drive for global hegemony with a drive for a global hegemony of their own, one that starts with uniting 70 nations under the Sanhedrin and announcing the arrival of the Jewish Messiah. Now understand what this means. We are seeing the literal war between Jacob and Esau coming to a head. Jacob is the western nations plus Israel. Judaism teaches that there must be a time of trouble before the Messiah comes and some Jews believe they must stir the pot, create the turmoil in order for their Messiah to come. Esau is the Middle Eastern nations under the 4 plus 1 coalition, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Hezbollah, funded 
by Russia. Muslims believe they have to cause the chaos before their Messiah, the Mahdi, will come. Both sides are forming. They are both stirring up chaos to cause their Messiah to appear. The Great Tribulation is a time of war between the two Messiahs, him of the Jews and him of Islam. The split in the New World Order, which in the last decade has become the Western New World Order and the Eastern New World Order, is about to become entrenched in the Esau-Jacob Great Tribulation Wars, beginning with the Gog-slash-King-of-the-North attacks on Israel. Travel with me down this rabbi trail for a minute. The elite wolves that Yahweh told us about are eating the people alive to gain control of the planet. George H.W. Bush publicly introduced the New World Order to Americans on September 11, 1991. Ten years later, America got a taste of where the New World Order cabal is taking America. They need to destroy Americans. They need to break the independent, non-submissive streak that runs through Americans. That fierce independence that made America great through expansion from the East Coast to the West. They changed our culture after World War II through chemicals and political upheavals that became wars. We got better life through chemistry from Dow Corporation and the Women's Equal Rights Movement, a groundswell that the New World Order elites took advantage of to subdue our manly men. Pharmaceuticals have the purpose of continuing the damage caused by the chemicals they poison the food supply with. The chemicals and poisons change our DNA, which gets passed to our offspring, causing more dependence on a system that will be so weakened by the time of the Great Tribulation that we won't be able to fight back, especially against their technological weapons, robots and AIs. America has to fall first because it is America that leads the world. You might be thinking that they will be killing themselves in all the destruction. That is wrong. They have built protection for themselves underground, where the demons are chained, by the way, and have created a financial system that you and I cannot access. They have given you evolution to teach you that the earth is not all that important in the universe when in fact the earth is central to Satan's war against Yahweh. They have given you aliens from other planets to underscore this lie and to distract you from a personal relationship with Yahweh. After all, if there is life on other planets similar to the earth, the quote-unquote good aliens can take us there. All over the earth, duped humans channel beings from other planets 
with the message they are coming to save you. Technology has allowed the new world order to create illusion like the magic of Pharaoh's magicians. Part of their plan is to create a world without borders. The entire new world order which includes both superpowers are involved. In fact I report that the New World Order was split into East and West, but I'm not entirely sure this is not a ruse to be an excuse for war between the two powers. Remember, Presidents Trump and Putin are both very close to the Jewish cabal with whom they conspire. The Jewish cabal is, I believe, comprised mostly of Edomites, who have risen to power and stayed in power as Kabbalists over 2,000 years. You see, the people are being dragged along by the wolves, and there are Yahweh's people on both sides. There are also the enemy's people on both sides. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after these messages. Thank you for listening to the Jerusalem Report on Beast Watch News. Full news coverage with a Hebraic perspective of the headlines fulfilling Bible prophecy. Remember to financially and prayerfully support Beast Watch News for keeping you up to date. Send your donation to Beast Watch News today. It takes money to operate this ministry and your help is much appreciated. Each year at Passover, you say, Next year in Jerusalem. Well, this is the year. Join Ani Yosef for 13 glorious days in and around Jerusalem, beginning with four days of service to the land, followed by Passover and a week of touring in Jerusalem. For just $825, get lodging and two meals per day while staying in a Jewish community with other Hebrews from all over the world. Go to AniYosef.com for details. That is A-N-I-Y-O-S-E-F.com. Join us this year in Jerusalem. Jewish Edomites created a Judaism riddled with lies. Then, Roman Edomites created Christianity to consume Yahweh's non-Jewish people. Later, these same Edomites created Islam because the Arabs, who are also Yahweh's people, Ishmaelites, were not complying with the conversion processes of Judaism and Christianity. Esau's descendants, the Edomites, have used religion as a war tool. Religion does not bring you closer to Yahweh, but it is used to control you for the time when the New World Order can yank the earth away from Yeshua and control the entire planet under one king, a king of their making, a planet without nations, without borders. Yeshua's kingdom will have nations on the earth. Remember, the New World Order is even warning you, little by little, about their plans, if you can see. This is why Yeshua must come. Only a heavenly host 
can stop all mankind from annihilation. The elites have to be killed by him because they would survive what they have planned for the rest of us. Yeshua will come to earth for the second and greater exodus with real wonders, not illusions that dupe people, but with real power and glory that the New World Order's magicians cannot duplicate with their technological illusions. Now, back to the topic and off this rabbi trail, as I said before, the real or contrived split in the New World Order, which in the last decade has become the political and ideological Western and Eastern New World Orders, is about to become entrenched in the Edomite-created Great Tribulation Wars to destroy Jacob, beginning with the Gog and King of the North attacks on Israel. The timing of the Jewish Messiah announcement and the Gog-King of the North conflict is still up in the air in my mind. This may be a good thing because perhaps you don't need someone telling you every detail of what is going on. Yahweh wants you to keep watching too. He wants you to get close to Him and not rely on me or other online prophets for every detail. Stay close to God, and as I get insights, I will let you know. The interesting component about Nikki Haley's possible honorary presidential appointment to the Jewish cabal's new United Nations is that she is a Christian and staunch supporter of Israel who is perfect for the job from the Sanhedrin's viewpoint. Her Christian religion subjugated to Judaism under the Noahide laws will inspire other Christians to step in line with the Sanhedrin's evil scheme. Both Presidents Trump and Putin are heavily involved with the Jewish Kabad organization. Kabad is behind the false doctrines of Judaism, is in line with Freemasonry, is behind Temple Institute, which is the entity responsible for resurrecting the Sanhedrin. Earlier in this broadcast, I mentioned how Putin is trying to woo Israel away from the West and into his open arms. Israel really is the prize my friends and while the Israelis may be thinking this is a good place to be the truth is that the fight over Israel over the spoil and everything else is going to cause a lot of Jewish people to lose their lives along with the house of Israel's Gog army now to give you a more in-depth understanding of the stirring up of this chaos I will read a portion of Henry Macau's article, Trump and Putin in Nuclear Charade, from April 10, 2017. He's quoting researcher David Livingstone, who believes the Illuminati plan is to fulfill the book of Revelation, which they know is actually derived from Kabbalah, he says. 
I don't agree with that, but that's what this article says. Apostle John wrote Revelation as divine inspiration, and the Kabbalists got hold of it. Albert Pike says as much, and bringing it about is their great work. Livingstone says, because chaos precedes the end time, they need to create it, to accelerate the coming of the Messiah. Here is the part I want you to understand. Both Trump and Putin are surrounded by Kabod, the criminal Jewish doomsday cult. Like Herzl said, the anti-Semites are Zionists' best friends. So they have both been recruiting the far right to achieve their objective. Putin to undermine the influence of NATO in Europe and Trump to get the white vote. It was the Russian mafia who are closely connected to Kabad Lubavitch who engaged in fake news to rally the conspiracy community and the alt-right behind Trump. The only thing they care about is not white identity or America or Russia, but Israel. Now, you need to know that I found this article long after having reached the same conclusion. It confirmed prophetically what the secularist conspiracy theorists already understood. The Kabad are now hailing both Trump and Putin as possible messiahs. Livingstone explains the end time scenario this way. It's all about the third temple. Solomon's temple was first destroyed by the Babylonians, then rebuilt and finally destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. So the goal all along has been to rebuild the temple. It's why it is the central symbolism of Freemasonry. Masonry being rebuilding the temple both symbolically and ultimately Literally, when the Messiah returns, he's supposed to build the third temple. Orthodox Jews don't believe in accelerating that process and believe it necessitates the presence of the Messiah to fulfill. But Kabad and other radical religious Zionists believe it needs to be done now. The problem is that the third temple has to be constructed on the Temple Mount, which is the site of al Aska Mosque. So, they have been playing up evangelical Christian Zionists on one side and radical Muslims like ISIS on the other, who have diametrically opposed interpretations of the end times. Both of them believe it ends with a confrontation against each other in Israel and will hail the advent of the Messiah, who each camp thinks will be on their side. These are Kabbalists. Because they follow the book of Revelation like a script, and because Revelations predicts chaos prior to the arrival of the Messiah, they believe that sowing such chaos can hasten his arrival. And according to another Henry Macau article, the Jews are connected to both superpowers and are beholden to both leaders, the U.S. and Russian presidents. Thus, the reason why Israel is pulled between the U.S. and Russia. The Jewish elite 
and their friends in the West have been setting this moment up. The moment when the Sanhedrin can announce the arrival of the Jewish Messiah and they could get Nikki Haley to help them with it. If you think the Trump administration did not have a heads up about this or that Nikki is surprised by this invitation, think again. No one will convince me that this is not all orchestrated right from the Oval Office all the way to the Knesset. Of these men, Yeshua's words still apply when he spoke to the Pharisees who later became known as Kabad. John 8:39. They replied to him, Our father is Abraham. Yeshua told them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham would not have done that. You know, today Yeshua would be called an anti-Semite. Verse 41, You are doing your father's actions. They told him, We are not illegitimate children born of fornication. We have one father, God himself. Yeshua told them, If God were your father, you would have loved me because I came from God and am here. I have not come on my own account, but he sent me. Ah, it is not enough to be just a physical descendant of Abraham as Esau is. One must also have God as his or her father. Furthermore, these Pharisees Yeshua was addressing were I believe heavily infiltrated with the Edomites that John Hyrcanus had conquered then forcibly converted in the final war between Judah and Edom in 125 BC. Remember King Herod was an Edomite. All it took was 125 years for the Edomites to rise to power in the house of Judah where they were able to further corrupt Yahweh's word to turn it into an evolving philosophy of wickedness called Judaism. Verse 43 Why don't you understand what I've said? It's because you can't listen to my words you belong to your father the devil and you want to carry out the desires of your father he was a murderer from the beginning and has never stood for truth since there is no truth in him whenever he tells a lie he speaks in character because he is a liar and the father of lies but it is because I speak the truth that you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who belongs to God listens to the words of God. The reason you do not listen is because you do not belong to God. The New World Order, Freemasons, Jewish Cabal slash Kabad, Catholic Church with its Jesuits and all the rest who have evil agendas are not of Yahweh. And now, Rabbi Yosef Berger, who Breaking Israel News so often recites is a known direct descendant of King David, says that Esau, the Edomites, will present gifts in Yahweh's temple. 
They say when the nations bring gifts to the Moshiach and the temple, it will be the prophecy as written in Psalms and the embodiment of Esau returning the gifts from Jacob that he did not want to accept in the first place, Rabbi Berger said. Well, I don't know about you, but my Bible says the Edomites will be utterly destroyed. Obadiah 1. Just read it. Yet, Here is this rabbi teaching that the Edomites will bring gifts to the temple. Why? It is because the Jews, Judaism, has a theory that Christians are Edomites. The fact is that the Jews have known for the last 2,000 years that Christianity is an Edomite institution. But that does not mean that all Christians are Edomites. I have tried to explain this to various Jews many times. All Christians are not Edomites any more than all Jews are Edomites simply because there are Edomites among them. The house of Israel was captured by the Roman Christian religion. But Judaism rejects the house of Israel. And this is how they can justify subjecting us to Noahidism, since this is the law they have set aside for Esau. And I want to address this Rabbi Yosef Berger, who is a direct descendant of King David, who can trace his lineage from family to family, going back 3,000 years. Hmm, Messiah candidate? He sure has a lot to say about the coming Jewish Messiah, so either he is intimately connected to that Messiah, or he is the one that the Jews will trot up on Temple Mount. And now, a response from Israel to the world about the wars that are coming. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has announced this week that Israel is building missiles that can reach any part of the Middle East. Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif called Netanyahu a warmonger and claimed that Netanyahu is in no position now to criticize Iran's defensive missile program after publicly bragging about Israel's firepower. Zarif's statement came in reaction to the Prime Minister's declaration yesterday that Israeli missiles can reach any place in the region and any target during a visit to Israel Aerospace Industries outside of Tel Aviv. Now I'm going to leave that whole section. Hopefully you'll go back and listen to it repeatedly if needed so that you understand exactly what is going on. Those that people claim are conspiracy theorists are what in uh, Yahweh's circles are called prophets. Let's look at how the Jewish elite whose news platform is Breaking Israel News, is trying to draw Christianity into its realm by bringing up a New Testament subject. According to Breaking Israel News, the Star of Bethlehem, which is mentioned in the New Testament book of Matthew, is described as a large and remarkable star. It is relevant to note the connection between Bethlehem and the Jewish concept of Messiah from the house of David. Bethlehem is the birthplace of King David and the prophet Samuel anointed David as king of Israel in Bethlehem. The Hebrew word Moshiach 
Messiah literally means the anointed one. The star of Bethlehem has become a central feature of the story of the birth of Jesus, says this article, and features prominently in the upcoming holiday of Christmas. Some Christian theologians claimed that the star fulfilled a prophecy known as the star prophecy based on a verse in Numbers. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not nigh. There shall step forth a star out of Yaakov, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite through the corners of Moab, and break down all the sons of Seth. Numbers 24:17. This Torah verse, the article continues, also plays a central role in the Jewish concept of the Messiah. This verse was interpreted by Rabbi Moses ben Maimon, excuse me, known as Maimonides, and by the acronym Rambam, who was the foremost Torah authority of the 12th century. In his book, Mishneh Torah, the Rambam brings this verse about a star appearing as proof that the Messiah will come one day. According to the Rambam, the Messiah will come from Jacob, more specifically from the tribe of Judah. Do you see how the Jews are now connecting themselves to Christians and even have found a surreptitious way of dismissing the idea that Yeshua already came, but say that he will come? Our two religions are now similar, but different, the Jews would say. Jesus, Yeshua, the idol of Christianity, is not the same as the Jewish Messiah they are preparing to announce and crown, and he is therefore not the one you are to recognize and worship. Back to the article. In addition, the Zohar, the foundational work of Jewish mysticism, describes in detail the stars that are prophesied to appear as a precursor to the Messiah. The prophecy of the star of Jacob was applied to Simon Bar Kokhba, leader of the Second Jewish Revolt of 132 CE, whose adopted name meant son of a star in Aramaic. David Nekrutman, the executive director for the Center for Jewish Christian Understanding and Cooperation, noted that it is impossible to say whether the Christian star of Bethlehem has its roots in the Jewish star of Jacob. He says the star of Jacob is undeniably a strong part of Jewish eschatology. Whether or not the verse about the star of Jacob is the basis for Matthew, one of the more Jewish-oriented sections of the New Testament, Testament is the focus of serious debate in academia. Of course it is. If the Jews would agree that this star in Christian doctrine is the same as in Judaism, they would have to take a different opinion about Yeshua, whose birth was announced by this star. Whereas the Jews have not wanted to have anything to do with Christianity or Christians until now, now they are clamoring to find ways to attract them and accentuate the similarities instead of the differences, as in this Breaking Israel News article about Christians who eat a biblically kosher diet. Go click on that link. And now, some news about the embassies. The 
Brazilian and Australian governments have said they want to move their embassies to Jerusalem. However, Australia has specified West Jerusalem for its embassy. This is creating a bit of a fuss. The Arab League decided Tuesday to dispatch a high-ranking delegation to Brazil and Australia to inform officials there of the need to abide by international law concerning Jerusalem. And now, is there a message in the names? Hundreds mourned the loss of the infant boy born prematurely and by C-section after his mother was shot by Palestinian drive-by murderers a couple weeks ago. The baby's parents, Shira and Amika Ishran, were both recovering from gunshot wounds at the hospital and unable to attend the funeral. A Beastwatch News reader emailed me with this question. What is the prophetic significance of the highly publicized terror act of the young family? The names, timing, and sequence seem to be screaming something. Shura, song. She's the one telling the story and being the lead voice. Amikai, my people are alive is alive though wounded legs for walking and Amiad my people are eternal dies in the seventh month just when he is about to be born help something is going on here in light recent Beastwatch news articles I should address this but I'm not sure that I have a full understanding of the significance of these names however if we string them together a story is fleshed out that I believe is relevant to those who understand that the Jews, those from Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, and the families from the other tribes who are with them, which Ezekiel 37 calls companions, are Yahweh's people. His people are alive, but they have wounded legs, legs that cannot carry them from the enemy who will attack. It's that next name, Amiad, that troubles me. I keep thinking it is telling us that we are in the seventh millennium, the beginning of it, and that many of Yahweh's people are about to die. Please, if you understand anything about this, email me. I believe God is sending the Jews and the house of Israel a message that we need to understand so everyone can be properly warned. Yahweh does not move without warning his people. Despite theological differences, these are our people. We must hold them up in prayer. Both houses are sitting on the sand being battered by storms. So events to come aren't just for the Jews folks and here is my prayer oh father your people don't know the way to Zion they think it's through Christianity or Judaism they think these are their only choices Christianity Jesus Judaism anti-messiah Jesus as taught by Christianity is the son of Solomon the Jewish Messiah is the son of Solomon but Yeshua is your son through your chosen vessel Mary who came from Nathan the son of David Yeshua the Messiah can only be found when people believe he 
is the door that leads to the kingdom. The way is narrow and straight, and there are only few who find it. Please, open your Hebrew people's eyes to see him, to knock on the door and enter in, so that we all might be saved together. Pour your Holy Spirit on your house of Judah, remnant, and on the house of Israel, remnant. In Yeshua's name, we pray this. Amen. I will be off next week, but will return on January 4th, 2019, with a new Beast Watch News report. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.